This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. Doc.org every Tuesday and Thursday dropping new shows. And we're going to get you, guess what? Off and out of the shallows and into the deep. We're going to have a great conversation today. Man, part one of this was great. You're ready for part two. It's going to get much deeper. You're going to find out more about it. But you got to get on YouTube to find us, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonette. You can find us on those as well. But we really like YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. They take good care of us. Go, go there. And we also would love to hear your inquiries, your comments, all positive. You can ask real questions, but we just don't want anything nasty. We don't do nasty. We'll delete you. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, Getter, because we're about lifting up people in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But but uh, if you want to find out more, just, just enter into conversation with us. Love to hear you. Once you find us, hit subscribe, like, notify, comments, hit notification on your platform so you always know when we're bringing another one at you. And we'd love to have a partner uh, and sponsor through Patreon. Go to Patreon, look up on the doc. And there's four ways to partner, three ways to sponsor. We can talk about your organization, your business, and connect with you and, and make you a part of our show here, right here. Today, I didn't mention this much in the first show, but John brought us in. Oh, look at this. It's a Heron House of Hope. Man, that's like a, man, that's like a nice cup. That's like That's, nice. that's like a Yeti. I mean, that's top-notch stuff. I got my drink in it. He brought it in. I dumped my drink from my other one into it. He did, he did bring Mother Beth of it, but he's merchandising it over there. Look at that. It's a smaller version. I mean, and look here. We get, it, Look, if you, on the doc.org, there you go. Well, that's a good move, John. I love that. That looks great. It's yeah, a great those look, are though. great. But if you, if you want to be a Patreon partner, we'll, we'll get you here. We'll talk to you about what you're doing. Uh, this is a, a special program we're doing, but we'd love to do this with you as well. So go to Patreon, let us know. And you can go to onthedoc.org to find that. You can find all of our platforms there. And it'll link you over to it. It'll make it easy if you don't know how to do stuff. And if you have questions, just email us at info at onthedoc.org. We'll fill out the information. We'll get it back to you. Enter into relationship. I'm Pastor Troy. I'm your host here. Got Mother Beth on platform with me today. How are you doing, Mother Beth? I'm good, honey. How are you? Hi, honey. I'm doing good too. We've been apart, so we're glad to see each other again. And, and I'm tired. And we've been. Really I've been jet setting back and forth between Florida. I had a yes. uh, tragic death in our family. Stepfather passed away after a 12, 13 day bout with um, some sort of lung issue and didn't make it. And uh, we, we we're going to be going back again. So I've been to Florida twice. In ten days, have not touched beach or water. Other than, well, shower, yes, but 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 really, we have a pool at the place. I ain't even got any of that. You know? no. Not even been on the water. I mean, no. I, I had a meal in front of water, 
So that that's about the best they got. So, uh, but but God is good, and through all that, we've seen amazing things happen. I got yes. Lucas Winkler in stage. Lucas hasn't been to a beach with me; he didn't go down with me. But I don't see him much these days. He's he's always going someplace. Where's the coolest place you've been in the last seven days? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I mean, I was at NASCAR last week. I heard. I, I thought I saw you as it went. Yeah. Yeah. You were That's, in one of the cars or were you just off the side? No, I was off to the side. Um, I wouldn't trust myself going that fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you were off there. Lucas is always someplace. He could be Nashville someplace doing a shoot or yeah. anywhere in the world, you know. He lives in our house, a, but we never see him. I hear you go, he, he won't be, you'll be in a cave soon when you go into the cave. Yeah, it's in two, yeah, yeah caves in, in two cave. weeks. No, man. See, so you got, you got, you're a cool dude, man. <laughs> Who's the coolest dude you've ever run sound for? Ooh. Coolest. Can you say? Ooh, I don't know. Is it secret? Um,. You know what? I'm blanking on the band. It doesn't have to be a Christian. I no, mean, no, no, I know. You, I know you do Christian stuff, a lot of um, Christian stuff. Because we did, he all, had all of us beg you. Just say ne- I was, I would say Nelly is is definitely the yeah top two for sure. Yeah, somebody who guess, you, guess who the band was he had this year on the stage. Who's that? What's their what's Wait, the band one? that does the song? I said I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs. Golly, that leaves a lot of blanks. The, you know I'm not sing? sure what you're talking about. Oh, come on. I said I know every word to that song. Oh, Flow Rider. Flow Rider, really? <laughs> <laughs> they sing I, that one song that I like right. with the Cleverleys, too. The Cleverleys, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Best favorite group out there, the Cleverleys. Go watch them. They, so, were, they were at NASCAR this year. What? Yeah, yes. the Cleverleys yeah. were? No, no, the, no Flow Rider was. Oh, the ones they, that originally I, did That helps song. me better. <laughs> I was getting, I was and getting Dirk's hurt. Bentley was there. I mean, uh, that's a big country guy. He, he uh, you've been out to Kansas City Chief pre games and stuff, which my, yeah. my stepdad was a Kansas City person, Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so well, you're back with us, the amazing Heron House of Hope, uh, an on the dock season two ministry and action spotlight. This is the kind of show if you watch a series that we would do with you if you were a Patreon partner or sponsor with us, we're glad to work with you on this. So we're doing a ministry and action spotlight series. Love to do those things. We've got Mr. John, Steve here, uh, part two. And the backstory is about you, this show here. The first show we gave you kind of what's happening, you know, today, you know, what the amazing Heron House Hope is doing. Go watch part one. But today we want to dial in on the man behind the amazing here in House of Hope. John, you told us in the previous episode, there at 112 North 14th Street, serving people every day, Monday through Friday at least, uh, 11 to what? One? One. Yeah. One. Uh, got all kinds of programs he told us about. He, just a recursor, he has soup kitchen, but not really a soup kitchen, really more of a restaurant. Uh, you don't have to pay. There's an envelope on the table if you want to give a gift. You're not expected to give a gift, but anybody's welcome to bless other people. Food pantry, thrift store, bike resurrection program, catering, GED program, a program with John, through Johnny Logan, AmeriCorps, a job training program, a commodities distribution, just so much more. So we talked all about that in part one. Go watch part one. Uh, but what we want to get at is John Steve. Now, let me show you a little bit about John Steve. I want to run a video on John Steve. Then we're going to get into John Steve, you know, and get into this man. And we talked about you're married, Alyssa, mm-hmm. right? Happily married? Happily married. Would you admit it if you weren't? No. No. <laughs> he shakes his head. No. I saw him at church Sunday. They're like happily married, at least for that moment in time. Well, she said, you're taking notes, right? Yep. She said, <laughs> Alyssa sat next to him. Your wife's got, I was in the back. She, you were sitting not where you, you normally sit to the side when I was prayer walking. Your wife's got long hair. Yes. I mean, it's pink too. Yeah. I know it's long pink hair, but it's long. It's way down long. It's like because she think, wears it up a lot. So yeah, yeah. So I don't. I didn't know yeah. how long her hair. You have long hair, but not like that. But not like that. Yeah. I know. But she, she, I, she might have the longest hair in the church. 
we, we may have to have a longest hair in the church competition. Kind of, yeah, kind right of. now, everybody see my hair? I have missed three haircuts in a row. I got yeah, you're trying what to I did was look. Her, I, I stood it up and then I had to knock it. I had to knock it down. <laughs> and my haircut, I missed my last three appointments with my barber. I had to move because, because of family Florida. stuff. But yeah. tomorrow morning. I was, I was going to get one today. I said, no, Troy's taking one for the team. I'll do one tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> I, I see my barber at 11 o'clock. And I just, I'm just gonna, I just realized, man, I got an appointment. At, I got another appointment at 1030. I got to see if I can move that 30 minutes or something. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I got to get this haircut. I'm going to be competing with your wife in the long hair competition. <laughs> Don't do that. So let me show you this video real quick here. I got I to gotta find it. Y'all bear with me a second here. I've got 16,000 videos here. Here in Housewell, we... Oh, don't, no, don't do that one. That was a bad one. That was a bad move. I should have clicked the button. All right, I think I got it. I got it here. Here we go. You guys ready for this one? Check out this incredible intro to the Hair and House Hope, and we'll get ready for the backstory on this man right here. Hey everyone, John Steed, your director of Heron House of Hope here in Heron, Illinois. We're here just to tell you that we are more than just a soup kitchen. We've been able to establish not just a soup kitchen, but a food pantry, a thrift store, a free summer meal program, free GD classes from Johnny Loki Community College. I want to talk about and elaborate on each of these programs here, what we've been able to accomplish through your generosity and through your support. Heron House of Hope Soup Kitchen became the first soup kitchen in the whole entire region to operate as a restaurant style. What does that mean? That means anyone in our community can come in here for a free meal. You are greeted by a volunteer who will greet you, welcome you as you walk in, and then you get to walk in and sit down in the dining room, have a seat anywhere you like. There's a menu on the wall. Every person is given a two entree choice, Monday to Friday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Our volunteers are always on standby and will love to serve you. So please come to Heron House of Hope to our soup kitchen between 11 a.m. 1 p.m. Monday to Friday and let us serve you. We also have our thrift store. Anything that's generated in the thrift store goes and supports our soup kitchen. So anyone's more than welcome to make a donation to our thrift store, please come shop in our thrift store. Our team in our thrift store will love to assist you with any household items, with any clothing items as well. Please consider Heron House of Hope thrift store to support because again, you are supporting those in need through hunger relief in our soup kitchen. We also have a great food pantry here as well. The food pantry, everything is donated and generated from the community support. So we truly appreciate your support. Any donated items goes in to assist those in need on a monthly basis with food assistance. We also have the free summer meal program through the Illinois State Board of Education. We want to get the word out that every child in the community does not need to be hungry at all. While there are a school from from May to August, we would like to feed every child under 18 as much as possible. Since 2013, we've been able to establish a wonderful relationship with Johnny Loki Community College to offer their free GED classes here on site at Heron House of Hope. And that's between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. Any information um, needed for the GED program, please reach out to Johnny Loki Community College. As I mentioned, the soup kitchen, the thrift store, our summer meal program, our free GED classes, but also our food pantry so please let us assist you to the best as possible and nothing else man my goodness we have volunteers and patrons on standby who would love to give you a testimony because of your generosity and your support their life has been truly impacted wow that's pretty good, John. I, I should have to say anything else, right? I know. I mean, you, you did a good job with that. Oh, yeah, that's great. I, yeah. I, I, would you help us, Lucas, for a second? Yeah. This was produced by Daniel Lopez, correct? And me. And you. Yeah. And you. The two of you. The two yeah. of you guys did this. Yeah. I just want you to know the, the quality of all of these items yes. you do for us. 
is just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. It Top tells notch. the story so yeah. good. We had videos in the past and people have helped us and we thank God for them. They got us sure. here. But to have you guys come in and capture what we've done there, even the sky camera that on, on the uh, with flying thing Daniel does the and, drone. and, and the yeah. camera work and the editing y'all have done just I, I feel like I'm I mean what you're seeing is authentic yeah so, I, so is there is there a way people can reach out to you if, if they need to I know you guys are professionals we hired yeah. you guys to do that uh, tell me about that yeah so I mean the best thing you can do is uh, so, so I, Daniel, Daniel no longer lives in Southern Illinois he, he actually lives in Nashville now working for a huge agency there but if they do want to reach out to me and I can always call Daniel and have him assist me on a, on a shoot um, you can go to produceperform.com and fill out the form there and, and just get, give me a contact and we can get the ball rolling on, on, on any project on anything. Repeat that again? Produceperform.com. Okay. And if, if you don't lose that, don't worry. Just email us at info at onthedoc.org. Ask yep. Donna to give you contact information for Lucas Winkler and 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 we'll get him to you. Uh, they, they do a phenomenal job. These guys love the Lord. And if you've got a church or you've got a project that you want to highlight, uh, Spend the resources because the resources will make themselves back uh, mm -hmm. in the way we get. But we put this out last year. I'm going to say this: we put this out last year. Uh, for the, these are new videos. We their ten year was our, was our ten year anniversary last year, and those videos raised last year sixty thousand wow. uh, dollars. We did that at a family fun day last year. That's just an example of those, and we'll be using those uh, for a while. They're not dated, so we were mm -hmm. smart on it. We can use those for four or five years. We use the other ones about six years too long. Uh, John and I look totally different. Different. And the previous year, we raised $76,000 using that kind of production. Wow. Just amazing, amazing, amazing. And what's cool about this one uh, is is what I love about this one. Let me go back to 2020. We raised that during COVID when nobody could come to Family Fun Day. Yeah. 72,000. We never, this is all these numbers are twice what we used to raise by ourselves in the bark. And we've got one coming again September 11th. John and I are fixing to get to work on that. Yes. We got to talk about how we're going to do that with us going, but we, we know how to do it. So September 11th, look for Family Fun Day. Great videos, Lucas. And, and I'll tell you what, John. I mean, John, Lucas knows if I get, I get it in one take, if not, it could take me 12. And I'm good on the fly. <laughs> I did mine on the fly too. But uh, you're you're also a great on the fly. And that's what I love about working with you is that. So John is behind the Amazing House. So is this man, John, Steve, we know married. We know you got three kids. But John, I, I know when I was first introduced to you, it wasn't you. It was a man named Mike. He came and said, we were, we were young. We, we hadn't started yet. We had... Had we done our first family fun day pre yet? We'd already done first one. Yes, we had our we had our first year, which means we were we were in the were we, were we renovating the building. Correct. We just okay, got good. The Thank you yeah. for helping me. We we raised one. We did a family fun day with nothing, and we raised a bunch of money and commitment, and we began to buy a building and renovate a building, and it took a year almost to do that. As we got closer to the next family fun day, we our plan was to have it ready to launch, and before that, we began a search for a director. And we got steered. Uh, the brother that had pointed us his direction didn't know John from Adam. I just didn't like the idea because I've been I've been involved in Methodist Church and and I'd interacted with the the agency before. And I thought, man, these can, these things are always kind of got a lot of loopholes. And I don't know if I want to do this. I want to stay independent. I was the negative one of those. I was like a negative Nelly. because of who John was coming. The organization that he was yeah, coming and, through, and, they're not, and they're, the organization is okay. But it's just that I just come out of a denomination. I'm non-denom. I thought, man, this group's got a lot of baggage and stuff. I don't know if I want to jump through all these hoops and all that stuff. And so they said, you just got to hear the guy. Yeah. Hear the guy. So, so I, you know, I, we, we pre-met before you walked in the room, John. And I just told him, I said, you guys know I'm going to be bad cop. So we had good cop, bad cop. 
And um, and when the when, when John came in, he began to talk. And when the meeting got over, I was good cop, and they were they weren't bad cop. There was just good cops. We had nobody <laughs> was a bad cop when he got done. And it just I mean when they when you left the room and I said I moved this, they were shocked. Yeah. I said I don't even talk to anybody else. This is the man. This is the man behind the amazing house. Yeah, I, I never asked how many individuals you guys interviewed. Or, we uh, we talked about several names and people. Yeah, and. We talked, and we're going to bring other people in. And I just looked and said, "I move it be John Steve." Yeah. And when they, <laughs> I didn't want anybody from those agencies. I want. I didn't know what we were going to do. But when they said that, everybody's like, "We got Mikey likes it," you know. <laughs> you know. It was like I. So that's how it happened. I mean, it just did. I mean, yeah. there, there was not a need to look. Everybody in the room knew the Holy Ghost said it's going to be John Steve. John, tell us yeah. how did you before that meeting? You were amazing. You've got. I mean. When they told me about you, I thought, man, this dude's got, I mean, this dude's got time behind him. He's got trouble. Tell me about your background. Yeah, gosh, I remember that interview like it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know why. I was under the impression there was going to be a one-on-one interview. Oh, so you, I walked in the room. You didn't know it was going to be a whole committee and a firing squad? <laughs> or the oh, whole God. panel. And I'm looking at him like. F, I was like, no. Oh, gosh. Who's this guy from Chicago? <laughs> I'm born from Chicago, so I shouldn't gripe, you know, so. But I, who's this guy? You know, yeah. it, it's like Shark Tank, and we're all the we're you know we're the we're the guys. Yeah, you got to present it. Go ahead. I I knew um, so the interview went well. At least I thought it, it did. It, it went fantastic. It, it, and uh, so maybe the first 30, 40 minutes went by, and how I knew there were smart individuals in the room. They said, "Well, we heard you, and you answered all our questions very well." Uh, I believe what was said, and they said Troy was the one that says, "I just got one more question." What led you down here? Yeah. And where are you striving to be in life? That led into another whole 30, 40 minute interview. That's where you got me. Uh, you it answered it. With. You yeah. answered, you shared your heart. Because I, I try to withheld my actual past and what I had overcame and what I'm going through. And um, at the time, my brother had just gotten killed. Yeah. And oh. uh, my gosh, there was just so much I'm in play. And, he was uh, killed in Chicago. Correct. And I thought. Maybe my past wouldn't, you know, it, it would hinder me. So, uh, and that's when everything came out. Mm -hmm. When Troy asked the question, when I thought the interview was done, I was like, yes, I, I, I you know. No. We, we get done, we get done with the interview, and people are like, my problem was never that you were in, were in prison that you had to do time. My problem was you, well, you're from Chicago, and that agency was recommending you. And I thought, ah, I don't know about this, you know. I'm a lure of institutions, you know. And and as you talked, I was just in love. And when you answered my question with just this powerful testimony, I mean, you had me. I mean, you had me. It's so funny when you get done, got done. The room flipped a little bit when we had the discussion. A couple of them were like, well, how are we going to explain this to our congregations that he did time, you know? Right. I, and I was like. Who cares? Look what he's come from. Look what he's done. The people he's going to serve, and he's going to give them the hope. First Peter three fifteen. That's my life text. First Peter three fifteen. I'll show you right here. Be prepared in your hearts to set apart Christ as Lord, and be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. John answered that question. Bells on. Yeah. yeah. And he did it with gentleness and respect. And and you did that. I told people, I don't care what you tell your people. Tell your people that's a guy that can get them out of it. All of us preaching at him. I mean, we just yeah. sound like the preacher man. Yeah. And I, I just loved it. Go ahead. Tell, no. tell us what happened. No, I, I, when you asked that question, I took a deep breath. And I, <laughs> I said, Holy Spirit, just please leave me, man. <laughs> Let every word be your word from there. Yeah. So, uh, gosh. 
So, um, long story short, man, I grew up in Southside Chicago. On the uh, South Side. South Side, not not your suburb. Is that the song yeah. uh, Leroy Brown? Is that the same side that's the bad bad Leroy Brown? Bad bad. Yeah. Was he on the South Side? I I, I think sure. it's from the South Side of Chicago. You, you got people that say oh, I'm from Chicago, but they're from a suburb. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no, I'm not one of those. I, I'm. You know, what, you, what you would call the ghetto. You know? The ghetto. Okay. The ghetto. And uh, that's just dominated by gangs. You know, yeah. generation yeah. through generation. Of For families. years, and le the yes. legacy. Yes. You're born into even legacy of gangs. Correct. Correct. You know, uh, where a typical age is around 10, 11 years old that joins a gang. Already? Already. Wow. I was 11 when I joined the gang. Wow. And uh, I remember the first individual I witnessed get killed in front of me. Other uh, bad my siblings, well, my father and mother, bless their hearts, they did the best they could for us. But me and my two brothers always slept on the living room floor. My sisters, they shared the same bedroom. As we're, we were just like to, uh, to go to bed mm -hmm. for the next morning to go to school. Not even within 15 minutes, my parents go in the room, and then I, I hear, I see flashes, and I thought it was lightning. I hear the, the sound of the gunshots and I thought it was thunder. Wow. We, everyone, when something <laughs> happens like that, everyone goes outside from the neighborhood to see what happens. Most people here, we run for cover. Hey, we're out for cover. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's ordinary noise in Chicago. I, you don't find out where I, it's going. I remember I was so curious. I went to the window to look at, you know, my father's yelling at me, almost, almost whacked me behind me. Get down, get down to look at the window. So they call the, they call the police the ambulance and everyone's out there. My father, because he knew I already had an interest to, get involved with the gang, so at least I was just hanging with some people I shouldn't be hanging with. He decides, while the guy is screaming on the ground, bleeding to death, my father decides to drag me, decide to drag me across the street to... Mm. South him. side of Chicago, parent education time. Yeah, one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. So you got to so, watch a man die from I, that life. I'm hearing this man screaming for his life. Oh. I'm hearing my mother screaming, begging my father not to do that. Wow. Behind me. And I'm just in tears, crying, because I was just powerless. Yeah. yeah. And I just watched the man die in front of me. Ten wow. years, about to be 11 years old. Wow. Wow. Uh, that was, I, what are you, you know, trauma. That's how you start. Man. That's, that's, a, how, that's, that's a trauma right off the bat. Off the back. And everybody there is in multiple traumas. Yeah. On a regular occurrence. Yeah. This last weekend, it was, uh, I saw 55 people were shot in Chicago. Yeah. I think there were 20 killed. I mean, that's 55 people that could have been killed some bad shots, thank God. And, but 20 people killed, 55 shot. That's more than you will see in Iraq or Iran or you'll see in a, in sometimes you, Ukraine, there probably went 55 people killed in Ukraine that day. That's an ordinary weekend. It's it's, it's a rough place. It is, it's, it's very rough. And, and so fortunately when you, when you grow up in the community like that and, and when it's, that's all you know, that's all you see, that's all you hear that type of life. Will people turn to the gangs for protection so, so they can find uh, a safer place? Some. Uh, you got some who are forced into a gang at the young age, right? as I mentioned. Um, you got some that you feel like you have no choice because maybe you decide not to join a gang, but your best friend who you're going to sixth grade class with, he joins a gang, and you guys are walking from school going home or walking to school from home. And the rival gang comes by and sees you hanging with them, walking with them, and you're guilty by association. Is this sixth grade? And you're guilty at sixth grade? Yeah. At sixth grade, you can be guilty. You, you have to look over your shoulder. It's survival moment by moment wow. while you're at fifth, sixth grade. Um, it, it's just it's just sad. I yeah. I know one of the craziest things after your, and we'll, we'll keep going with your story here. I remember the first family fun day you were here. Mm -hmm. We were 
out there and you brought, was it your cousin or nephew? My nephew. Your nephew. And he was like four years old. Yeah, just turned four. Okay. And, and tell that story about that because we, we, we were fixing to be interviewed by ABC. Uh, Mark Kiesling was on site. And, you know, we put out a press release that everybody, all three networks show up. It's a big news story here in House Hope Funday. We've, we're always a good news story. They show up. They, it's it's a festival atmosphere party atmosphere we're selling food music on stage you know they're having a good time yeah they got the cameras set up there's pony rides it's it's everything for the family and mark's got his crew set up and they're getting ready they said troy we want to interview this this john steve bring him over tell us what happened with you because you had your, your nephew here as soon as uh, I believe it was Mark Kisley, as soon as he made that statement, yeah, we're Mark. For, yeah, we we're ready for the interview. My nephew, who was just turned four years old, he was down here because of what just happened. What just happened in Chicago was he was caught in the crossfire of uh, uh, a gang shooting. They were actually trying to shoot, the rival gang was trying to shoot at my sister and her boyfriend. Oh, my. Uh, they were trying to shoot at my sister and my boyfriend because they refused to move out the neighborhood. Wow. They were living in the neighborhood they were not supposed to be living in. So you're, you're assigned, just, you can just be living in the wrong place. Yes. Wow. I mean, my siblings all have gang tattoos. When I say it's a miracle, I don't have teardrops. It's a, it's a, a miracle. It's a miracle. And, 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 and I'm glad that God gave me the, the courage and strength not to you know, give into temptation. But there's wow. been so many where I should have, there's no reason why I should not have gang tattoos over my forearms, my teardrops or my neck. My, my brothers, my siblings, my sisters. They all have tattoos everywhere. So the sister, everywhere. the girls joined the gangs too. Correct. Right. And um, so my sister was dating a, a guy at the time. And again, he had tattoos everywhere. Uh-huh. He had tear jobs. And they were, again, living in the neighborhood they were not supposed to be. The rival gang seen them outside, decided to start shooting. Right before they started shooting, my nephew comes out the gangway to get my mother's attention because his sister, there was something wrong with his sister in the apartment. Uh-huh. So he had just went to go get my mother's attention, like he was supposed to. By that time, it was too late. They had started shooting. Oh, missed my. my sister, missed her boyfriend, and shot him. And the bullet went through his a stomach. A four-year-old boy. Four-year-old boy shot through the ab- shot through the stomach. Correct. And and he lives. He's he was de- in critical condition for a whole week. Mm-hmm. And now he's in Southern Illinois, healing so, up. Healing. I saw the scar. He showed me the wound. Yeah. The little boy showed me the yeah. wound. Yeah, you want to see my owie or yeah, yeah, my owie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little kid came and say what it was. Yeah. boo boo. And though he was stunned, he I saw when Mark asked you to come over, and he was like, you know, there's a microphone here. You know, his first words to me were, "I'd met him." He says, "Can I be this close? Where are the bodyguards?" And and I think his words were, "What happened here? What happened? Did somebody get shot?" Because he, where he's from, yeah. the media comes out when? When somebody gets shot. It's something so bad, bad, something bad, bad's happened. Bad, yeah. and, and, the, and up yeah. there, the reporters have, have to have bodyguards to watch themselves and protect them there, or they would be shot at, you know? So he's asking, we're in a festival. We got we got children's rides, ponies and stuff. And this little four-year-old is like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't be near this guy. I'm going to get pulled down by a bodyguard and, and, and who got shot. So you're four years old and you've got already had this traumatic event yeah. and not just traumatic you're a victim yeah. of it uh, just amazing to see his face later as he got to go ride and go do all the stuff he got and, to have so much fun that day and uh not to have to worry about anything you know yeah. I, I remember that day like it was just yesterday man and i do too he, he, i i i would never expect for him to i, sh- I guess i should have had known better but i had already had lived down here for so long yeah. and uh you know he had just 
that had just happened to him where he just got shot. He's down here trying to recover. And, um, man. Just amazing. He, he totally shocked us. Surpro he just shocked us with those words. So tell, tell me, we, you recognize things were going on, and but you got in trouble. Tell me how you got in trouble and how you got out. And then how did you get here? Oh, my goodness. You made it through the interview, but how yes. did you get here? Yeah. So I, I lived a rough, rough life. And uh, I'm just very fortunate to be here to talk about it and to uh, just been been blessed, man, been redeemed by you know grace and and turn my life around. Uh, but you did join the gang I even after gang. your dad took I did. you out. To... I, after the midst of everything that mm -hmm. had happened, the midst of uh, regardless of how many friends already had had lost, I had lost because they had gotten shot and killed. Mm -hmm. um, I still decided to join the gang and let me so. And from the age of 11 to the age of 17, I just lived a lifestyle of insanity, yeah. violence, uh, drug abuse. Um, just, Did you stay in school during that time? or? Uh, no, uh, I was always ditching while well, I was in sixth grade. We would have daytime parties. Mm -hmm. My, the friends would always invite me, or if I would go to school, I'll, get, I'll go to school like an hour late, high, drunk already at yeah. sixth grade. Yeah. And uh, or if not, if I if I didn't go to school, it's because we were doing some parties early in the morning. Pull your mic in a little closer. Yeah. We're picking up a lot of ambient noise. So I just knows uh, on my just, headphones. Just getting involved with a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have been doing at a young age. But uh, uh, by the age of 17, I found myself incarcerated for uh, attempted murder, rival gang shootout, uh, retaliation for my brother. My brother had gotten shot three times. Uh, this was the first incident. My brother had got shot three times up close. Different incidences. He Correct. didn't die. He didn't die. He didn't die. He, he didn't got die. shot three times. He got shot three times in the stomach, survived. <sighs> he had to wear, uh, what do they call it, a colostomy bag? Yeah. Uh -huh. He had to wear that for almost two years. While healed up. Yeah. And wow. uh, um, it was incarceration. Uh, I, was just, I was just so deep involved with that lifestyle. There was only two ways I was going to get pulled out. One, incarceration. Hopefully, and hopefully one day the light bulb will come on mm -hmm. yeah. while I'm locked up. Or two, I was going to have to be killed. Yeah. There, yeah. there, there was no way. They, mm -hmm. You could administer me. There was, there was, there was no way. So, so you got locked up went to jail. What, what changes? You're in jail. There's, I'm sure you have gang members in jail. Correct. I mean, how did you break that cycle? Yeah. Um, so I did altogether. I, did about, I served about five and a half years incarceration. And um, I was in Cook County Jail in the max for about four years and three months. Uh, during that term, I would say maybe my third year in, I just hit rock, I just, I just had hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And mm -hmm. I was just so desperate. I was just so hungry. I was just so starving for uh, just a glimpse of hope. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, the desire was there, but I didn't know where to seek or how to retrieve this uh glimpse of hope did you have any kind of upbringing in church at all no uh you, you mentioned that it's funny because uh i gave my testimony to the to the youth that came today to volunteer mm -hmm. and i told them i, I they asked, they asked me, did you ever go to church when you're young i said you couldn't and i said why and i said well my father wanted me so i joined the gang 11 maybe by the age of 13 my father was trying to take me to church uh -huh. and i said you can't dad he says why i don't want you to get shot because of me the church was in the rival gang neighborhood. Oh, uh, okay. Danger zone. Troy, can you imagine your 13-year-old son telling you? You can't go. I can't you go because I'll get you shot dead. So yeah. there was not even a respect for that. 
I mean, it wasn't a safe day. You couldn't go. It's church day. Everybody goes to church just as long as you're back. Our, by. our church yeah. wasn't a safe zone, or no, no. no. Or there, the, I mean, I remember times where the gangs would wait for us. You know, if if, if you what? they heard you went in, they're going to wait on you to come yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Maybe that's maybe there was a wedding or something at a church, and they knew about it, and they'll be even outside. a funeral or something. They would. Oh, and funeral. I've been to funerals where the rabbit gang will come and, and shoot up the funeral home. Right. I've, I've been I've been there just because you cross the line even for that uh, well just again more retaliation right so it's it almost just... like country lines you've, you've, you you can't it... even go to a funeral home and be safe oh my god I've been there when they will shoot do drive-bys yeah just incredible it, you can't even rely on the cops you everyone has to bring their their guns to so, the so you're in prison you're sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah what what turns a light on somewhere you know what um you know, I I don't want to say I was brainwashed. Or, you know, mostly just deceived. I just didn't. I was taught to to hate certain gang members, certain gangs because whatever just who they were, just because who they were. Yeah. But then when you get incarcerated. You, these certain gangs that you were taught to hate and kill on sight or or fight on sight, no matter what, you, you have to become allies. So that had really messed me up because I. A lot of us have dedicated our life to this neighborhood and this gang, and then now you have to—it's a whole set of rules. Different rules inside. Rules. So, so now you have you're to allied. become allied against other Who, other factions. Correct. Okay. And so that had kind of messed me up. And that only and goes on the inside, but when you go back outside, got, it reverts back. Correct. Okay. Wow. So um, that raised a lot of questions and um, really confused me. Which is reality and which is not. Right. Correct. Right. So. Right. That's good. I and mean, it's inconsistent. Man. Oh, the, yeah, I, I was shooken. Like, what is really going on here? Yeah. Um, if mm. it wasn't for incarceration, I would have never realized that. So you, it's almost like, I, I I guess in my mind, it's like in The Wizard of Oz when they pull back the curtain and they find out there's, there, this is not what it is or something else. There's something so else. So it caused you to begin to question. Questioned. Um, and then again, at this time, I was hungry for something and I wanted to be done with the lifestyle. I had a taste, a glimpse of what it would be like if my life, if I was locked up for murder. Yeah. It could be forever. Because now, three years later, I'm, I got some time in. The guys who I'm supposed to get along with, I'm not getting along with them. I'm getting along with guys who are fighting murders because these guys are not going nowhere. Oh. Yeah. And, 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 and who's fighting murders, it's, it's a lot of people, but some of my closest friends that I, I, I built a relationship with were guys who were opposite gang members mm -hmm. mm. and these guys again we're not going nowhere because they're fighting murders now i have a mindset that i feel like i'm fighting the murder because i feel like i'm never getting out of here mm. and every moment every day that passes by there's a chance where i'll catch another case inside right whatever it's a term to just murder. to defend your life or to defend protect your yourself yeah. right. and just get it's like a cycle it's like a it's like a bad dream nightmare you can't get out of yeah yeah. yeah, you feel like you're, you're just in limbo. You're lost, you know. Mm -hmm. you, they well, they call it the outside world, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was it was just a place that was seemed so dark. But the Gideon Ministry would volunteer their services. Are we talking about the Gideons that put the Bibles in correct, the hotel? Correct. That go that go into yeah. prisons and just simply yeah. present a Bible. Yeah. The Gideons, the, the Gideon, old school Gideons. Old school. Still putting I, in the work. I know Gideons are still working. <laughs> yeah. They have sent Bibles with me all around the world and country yeah. on my trips. The Gideons. The Gideons. What, what do the Gideons do? So every weekend, I believe it was a, a Saturday or Sunday, they would go. They would go to the what they call the bubbles, and they would just speak, just preach to everyone. 
they knew that gang members cannot just go up to them and, and receive talk the word them. and talk to them. So what they would do is they'll stay there for about 30 minutes and they'll just preach the gospel hmm. and they'll just pray over us. Yeah. While nobody's even talking. So you're absorbing that, yeah. but you can't engage it. Right. You're absorbing. Right. Hmm. One day I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the biggest thing is, is fear. And, and I just wanted my chance to be broken. I wanted to be set free. Yeah. And, uh, wow. and I wanted a Christ in my life. This time, generally, not God, get me out of this, you know, and I'll do this or whatever. Right. I, I want wanted free. that relationship. And I just knew that this life, I, I just felt that incarceration was going to save my life. That lifestyle was not intended for me. There was a whole new life awaiting for me. I just had faith. I knew that. And that, and that sensation just started to burn mm-hmm. more and more that just made me go to that Gideon to go up there and to receive prayer. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And he just put his hand over my shoulder. And you were taking a huge risk. Huge, huge risk. That. And he just said one word, repent. Wow. Repent, mm-hmm. repent. And he led me to the Lord right there. That's in the Lord prayer. Wow. And uh, I just felt a huge relief, um, a huge load uh, off my shoulders. But that's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment when you're yeah. coming and letting this man of God in the place pray for you in front of everybody else who's kind of bowing to the system, so to speak, mm-hmm. to take that risk. It, I mean, it was like you were risking your life at that point in time was. for the gospel's sake. So what what happens? Do you How do you go back? What happens when you turn around and go back? I turn around. Uh, I had a meeting with a couple of guys inside and said, I seriously want to be done. That was it. I said, I'm asking you to either respect and honor that. If not, I'm willing to face the consequences. Yeah. Wow. Do what you got to do. I, I just. Put me in the furnace. Yeah. But I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm done. I'm done. So did these guys, did they, did they, they threaten you? Did they, did they, did, did the Holy Spirit speak to them somehow? You know, well, did there, what happened? There was a 50 50. There was some, you know, whether they're inside or outside, uh, felt a certain way. And, uh, but for the most part, the guys inside who had more control uh, honored that and said, you don't have to worry about nothing. We're still going to watch over you. But yeah. We respect that. Yeah. And uh, so oh. um, I did that. And uh, I the I remember the Gideon, Gideon member uh, encouraged me to start going to services, get to hang around with people that know the word, let mm-hmm. them introduce the word to you, and uh, form some type of Bible study and just try to – I, I remember – when he first told me the best way to build a relationship with Christ is through his word. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I remember I'll read, I'll read a verse here and there. And I would, there was times where I would starve and I had nothing to eat. And I would just have the Bible. I'll sleep on my back and I had the Bible over my chest. I'll fall asleep just like that. Wow. Just to get me through. That's hmm. amazing. I, man. And so you get, you get out of this prison where you're in Cook well, how Cam- long did you? How right. long did you stay in prison then after that happened? No. So, uh, so at Cook County Jail, I did four years and three months there. Um, really quick. Um, the reason why I, I did so much time there, because a typical, even for attempted murder like me, um, uh, fighting that case, you don't stay there that long. But I, ha- I went to different paid attorneys. I had three paid attorneys, and then my fourth one was a public defender. My first, my first uh, paid attorney was Italian. He worked for the, he was for the organization. 
He got locked up for cocaine himself. Oh no! Oh, yeah. Lost yeah. your so your case starts over. So okay, yes. So every time that's what happens. Oh. So that that was the problem. So anytime you get a new attorney, your whole case starts all oh, what? new motions, new, new discovery, motion discovery, exactly. new discovery. That's yeah. not they have your to, fault. Oh, that's no, not. And you're just stuck in there. I'm so all over a whole another year. Oh, that exactly is what happened. And then you're down to a public defender, and they're like, and he, I can stuck with you. Yeah, he's like, you've been here this long. He's like, how long you been here? I said four years, four years and three months. He goes, oh, he goes, why was the other one trying to offer you 18 years for this case? Oh, and the other case, I, I got caught with um, knife, what they call shanks. Uh -huh. I had three of them in the cell. So they put a case, the uh, state's attorney put a case on me. So now I'm fighting two cases. He goes, why is he trying to give you 18 years? And this is your first time here. Um, he goes, I can give you six years and drop the other case. Wow. I was like, dude, where you've been? Where where'd you been? You wasted all this money, <laughs> yeah, and, and time. But of course, you know, it's, God had you there. God, God, had, God you had you there. God had me there. There was no, a time no, that you yes. need to be there. And you look back yeah. and look at that. I mean, that's kind of where I've been too. It's crazy. I've had crazy ten days. My stepfather dying, and it's all been painful in that. But we, I've learned if you look up to God and you look around, sometimes you find out why Joseph took twenty years to get to where he has. You find out why it took Moses so long. Sometimes God makes us sit in places yeah. just so He can work on us yeah. and so you can you can see now you can look back and see god had a plan for you yeah. despite despite what had happened yeah his yeah. grace is out there so and now this journey has started for me this new chapter right because i'm trying to build a relationship with christ and and trying to get to know him and the problem was for me is that i was assured i knew there was grace and mercy for someone like me mm -hmm. but the problem was i couldn't it was difficult for me to for, forgive myself for right. what you've done, yeah. Yeah. for everything because you done. found Christ, and now you're thinking, how do I reconcile this? I just felt so ashamed. They're like, there's mm -hmm. no way, there's that much grace for a person like me. Oh, and that was my biggest. I, I've heard that from so many people. I've heard that from, I've had I, way back in my early ministry. I've been in ministry 35 years. I had guys that died in my first church that were from World War One, and they had mustard gas. They'd been in, seen kids mustard gas killed other kids, and they were in war. Yeah. And as, on their deathbeds, they had never forgiven themselves. One of them called and confessed everything to me and said, will God forgive me? And I said, you've been going to church with me for all this time. You don't know that God loves you. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've done, you know? Right. And it haunted him his whole life yeah. to his deathbed. Yeah. I, I, said, I got, I got so many friends there, you know, they're, they're so alive and uh, they're from the gang from the neighborhood and they, they feel the same way to this day, man. And I, I'm still trying to minister to them and, and say, hey, man. You know what's yeah, interesting is we, the devil yeah. traps us in thinking that grace is not possible, that his blood is not sufficient. And we saw this in, when we do our work in Thailand through Hands of Hope. We find the Thai people, they get caught in this cycle of being reincarnated, they think. And and so if they had a bad life, they might sell themselves into prostitution. Their parents might sell their children into prostitution. And the child will go into prostitution actually voluntarily because their parents sold them to need money, thinking, if I do this, I'll come back better the next time. I will do prostitution and helping my parents with the money from my prostitution being sold. God, their God will, or the karma will bring them back. And so th there had no belief in Buddhism there that God could change you now. You've got, you got to pay the ultimate price first. So there's like no hope alive. And then Christ is like, here we have Christ who can give it right now. Yeah. Yeah. He can take a sinner no matter what they've done and he can forgive them right then. Yeah. And, and, and what you were involved in is just another sin. It's no different than somebody's had adultery or somebody else that's been a, uh, a thief or I mean Moses was a was a murderer. Yeah, 
I mean, Moses was a worse dude than you. I mean, he hit it too. Paul, yeah. Paul. Yeah. You know, we yeah. and once you learn those stories, how have you today, you are such a man of hope. And when you when when you work around people, what was the key for you turning the door from being guilt ridden to now saying, I'm the director of the Heron House of Hope? What turns that? How do you how'd you get past that? Help people out. Oh my goodness. Again, as I mentioned, God's grace, God's mercy, God's love. Building a relationship with him, it was the best thing I ever did. That desire, uh, that appetite, that just be starving, uh, being being hungry. And for me it was um I got a verse here. And I remember when I was incarcerated and how I came down here, I paperwork was already re- was ready for me to go back to Chicago. So you were down here, okay. You were down here in a, in a trustee program? Correct. After you got out, you had to be on probation or something for a certain time? Yeah. And that's how you got from Chicago to Southern Illinois. So tell us your description. I want to go back. No, to- um, I, I came down here just on faith uh, when I came down here. You I, had to pick a place someplace? I, I was in a halfway house. In a halfway house. Didn't know anybody. Didn't have a job. Didn't have a dollar in my pocket. I just knew with the little time I had to build a relationship with Christ and to get to know him and get to know his word. The little time I knew that he was going to take care of me, and I knew he had a plan. Uh-huh. Wow. I knew he wasn't one with me. I knew. And you I, chose Southern Illinois instead of the Southern south Illinois. side of Chicago. Yeah. I remember when I was getting interviewed to come down. I had to get interviewed because of my game background. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, they asked me at the end of the interview, was, do you have any questions? I recall saying, asking, what's the gang population like down there? <laughs> they looked at each other and started laughing. Yeah. I said, well, they're laughing. He goes, you must mean what's the deer population? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gangs. It's the gangs from Chicago coming to shoot our deers. That's so about it. Yeah. I, and I said, man, what am I getting myself into? And that's just when I knew it was going to be a culture shock. It's a. It's such oh, a yeah. change. The first time I yeah. grabbed John, I said, John, jump in the car. We're going to go show you something. We got out someplace. I jumped out of the car. I left my wallet, left my keys in the car. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, hey, you need to lock your car. You left your keys in the car. I said, man, you're not in Chicago anymore. You're in Southern Illinois. Southern yeah, yeah. That's okay. It's going to be. It'll be here. Yeah. It was like just, just unheard of stuff. So what's that yeah. script? Tell us your yeah, scripture. Yeah, it's uh, Hebrews 11.6, uh, man. It was one of the first uh, scriptures I got in. I remember uh, reading when I was locked up. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is this, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The good news, have faith in what is not seen. For God rewards us for our belief in him. And his rewards when we don't need to see to believe. Faithful servants are rewarded for their commitment and dedication to work in whatever is committed into their hands. Wow. So, so you got down yeah. here on that scripture. You, you got in the halfway house. Somewhere you got connected up with the local social service organization. And, and at some point in time, they said, we've got a guy that is our best of the best. They, 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 all they told us was he did time. He's a trustee now down here. He's in our program. He's the best of the best. And I think he'd be perfect for this program. I was like, no way. You know, we can't handle that. You know, he's not going to work. And then in walks you. What got you here? How did, why did they, why were they trying to sell you? So and they, they undersold you. Yeah. The guy believed in you, but he undersold you. I mean, I mean, what got you from here to being so trusted so quick? Wanted to serve. Yeah. Wanted to serve and, and just wanted to be utilized as a vessel. Uh, it's my everyday mission, man. Waking up, trying my best every day, waking up to surrender 
uh, to his will. Wow. And then started not only started my day off like that, uh, but also to remain uh, just being a vessel and just try to keep it simple from there. Um, <laughs> so, so was it just the Gideons that helped you to grow? The, the Gideons. In the prison staff. Yes, yes, yes. And then I went to uh, Southwestern Illinois Correctional Center, SWIC, uh, which is a, a therapeutic program, um, minimum um, state prison, and received a lot of counseling there. And okay. They taught me so and they helped, helped me, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, some of that, those wounds, you know, uh, for so long it's been putting a bandaid over the wounds, but uh -huh. they, they really helped me get in there. Dig those out. Dig and, those out. Yeah. And, and so when you walk in, walked into the room that day to interview, where were you coming from? What had you been doing right before that? Gosh, I was um, a little bit of everything. I, I was working part time. I was uh, going to school at Johnny Logan. I was working for uh, LSSI um, prisoner and outreach uh, ministry where I met my wife. Um, I was also doing a housing program. I was a housing coordinator. Supervising other Supervising people. Supervising other people who were on parole. Yeah. or I, So I did that for a while where I lived with other men. So not only I was in the halfway house for almost four months living with men, and then uh, um, the parole actually approached me. Um, would I be interested in, in starting like this transitional housing mm -hmm. to live with other men who are coming from? And you're house? like a resident, like yeah. in a dorm, you're like the resident supervisor for that. Yeah. Now, yeah. Can, can you throw out, I know I'm going to jump 10 years to now. Mm -hmm. um, last week, you didn't show up at the Minister Alliance meeting, which you're a part of. Right. And it was a special meeting and I was in Florida. I was online and they said, where's John? And I said, I don't know. He should be here. And it was a special call meeting. So he probably has better reason. And then pastor Mike spoke up and said, he's at Menards. He's in so, prison. So are you, did, did they take you back to prison? Are you in, in trouble again? What's up with uh, that? Oh, I hope not. Um, not that I know of, but goodness. So promise God, uh, I will never return to prison. You know, you promise you never I'll, return. I'll never return. Have you to broke prison. The, Have you, have you broke that promise in some way? In some way, okay. Uh, tell tell everybody how. Yeah, it, it, again, that's to be a servant, <laughs> only to be a servant. Uh, so today, I, I'm invited to go to every state prison, every state correctional center in the state of Illinois to speak, give my testimony, and share about her and House of Hope and how they can utilize our services when they return to the community. Uh, wow, so, that's uh, so I, great. I, it's a thing called Reentry Summit, and uh, so Reentry Summit is where it's an uh, an event they coordinate where they allow agencies, vendors, organizations, state vendors to come into the correctional center. And think of a job fair, but it's just yeah. a resource. Right. Yeah. So right. they'll have different speakers for different organizations. I'll go out there, I'll speak for about a good 30, 45 minutes, give my whole testimony, what I've been through, let them know what gang I was affiliated with. And, um, and then I say, hey, come to our table, let us pray with you. Uh, let us give you some flyers. You become the Gideon back in the prison now. There you go. Yeah. Tell, tell yeah. me, what, what are some examples of prisons you've been to back? So, yeah, so last Wednesday I was at Menard. Uh, I'll be going to Murfreesboro this uh, this Thursday. I'll be going to Murfreesboro. I've been to um, Vienna. I've been to Shawnee. I've been to Southwestern Illinois Correctional Center where I was myself. Wow. Um, I've been to the prison up north uh, as well. I just just what, all over. Do, did I see like Centralia? Have I seen? Did I see some sort of correctional facility award in your office? Yes, yes. They, uh, it's like a Bhutan, I believe. Yeah. A Bhutan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been on the other side of that Bhutan, I think, oh, right? I, yes, I have. So you have an award, a Bhutan where they've awarded him yeah. for what he's doing back to give back to people that were in a position like him. That's great. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's a, they wrote on a special thank you for, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a new use of a Bhutan yeah. uh, to honor that. And it, 
are you if you're sitting out there, you understand why we call it the amazing here in House of Hope. Yeah. But behind that is an amazing person and John Steve and your family and and, and I, I just just a privilege to know and work with you. Now I and, wanted to ask yeah. you one other thing to go on back to your brother that was shot and, and injured and survived that so that was another reason um how i kind of let down here i uh, was let down here because when i was incarcerated so much had happened i could write a book the yeah. um and you should and yeah. you should you need to yeah yeah and t- ia internal affair had called me inside for a visit uh-huh. and i was clueless they, their job is to, was to inform me from, give me some information from one of their informants who happened to be from my neighborhood to, tell, to inform me that there was a hit on me. Wow. Yeah. Turns out the hit was not on me. The hit was on my brother. Oh. oh. And that's how you know I'm getting shot nine times. Was he, was he in prison at the time? Uh, or was he out? No, I think he was out already. Okay. And uh, I recall every... Every day I would call him, and uh, I would try to convince him to come down here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look over your shoulder. People wave at you. Pe- people stop and ask you if you need a ride. People are nice down here. <laughs> people don't care about your background. They want to know. They want to help you yeah. reach your yeah. achieve your goals. You know, uh, he just he wasn't done yeah. giving up the lifestyle, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. but he did. Uh, yeah, then get shot uh, and killed. So you know, it, it's. I'm glad that I was. Uh, I was told that information. Because uh, I think that was just like the icing on the cake for me to make the decision to come down here. Yeah, I was already, you know, praying to God for a sign and everything else, and you know, that was the push. And yeah. now today, soup kitchen. I it, we're not just a soup kitchen. I no. like that. No. I got to change. That's what I should say. Though yeah. we're not food pantry, thrift store, bike program, catering, GED program, Maricorp. So many people. So and many I got guys. a verse that I know that's one of your favorites too. And yeah. and I know we're getting there on Wednesday nights. But, you know, I, this is where I see House of Hope fits in, you know, and I think we need to put it on our, on our web page on the front. You know, when it talks about the sheep and goats. Yeah. Oh, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Matthew uh, 31. Go ahead, read it. Yeah. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Mm. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Wow. Mm. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invited you in, or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. 
I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needed clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Wow. Just amazing. 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 John came in that room. He shared his heart just like this. And uh, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. I'm your pastor today and I'm honored to be your pastor. Mother Beth and I are just just, just a privilege to get to know you. Hey, guys, if the House of Hope, you've seen the story, you're hearing about it, here in HouseHope.org, go there, the website, check it out. But John is always looking for churches, organizations, yes. businesses, individuals. If you want to support this, and John will come talk to you. He'll come talk to your organization. He'll talk to your group. I mean, he'll share his heart with you. Um, and you want to find out more about it and get involved with serving, uh, find out about the amazing here in House of Hope, find out also about the the guy behind it. John started from day one with us and, and he's here uh, 10 years later and over 300 plus thousand meals later and hundreds of GEDs later and so much more later. And I'm just thinking, John, as, as we wrap up this and we're going to come back in a minute for part three and I, you're an example. I, I've, re, I've been around some miracles this week. I've got miracles that we see somebody gets healed or in, in somebody else that this happens. I was just thinking you're a miracle of multiplication. The Gideon guy that went in there and, and shared the gospel and risked, uh, he went in and just offered offered Christ to you. And mm -hmm. and what I mean by miracle multiplication, when that little boy brought his fish forward and they said, here, Jesus said, let me take this. And he, he didn't just feed one person. Jesus fed a crowd. And then there were basketfuls left over. Mm -hmm. You are a miracle, I consider, multiplication. You responded and, um, you know, thousands of people are being fed today. They're getting food in their car. They're getting GEDs. Um, it's like, it's like you were broken, and through you and your brokenness and your and your and your hope, you are a projector for our organization. You just are a projector, and you are like, um, gosh, you're just like a baskets and baskets full of bread and fish. And and if we have watermelons or if we have sweet potatoes or right. bread or whatever, if you need something, the Heron House Hope is a projection of that. And you've got a guy that's there leading that that understands no matter what you've done, you're not going to surprise him. Right. He's from the south side of Chicago. Now, I want to I want to close before I wrap up here, but I just want people to think, you can go there and figure out how to donate. Go uh, their sponsored day programs. There's ways to connect with John there. Check that out. But, John, I, I, I know that your nephew, when he was here, he loved the day, but he started off by not understanding a place where he could – you know, talk to a reporter about something that's not violent, not be shot. That was a part of your life. That was a part of his life already. But now you have three beautiful kids who haven't grown up in that. And uh, what is it like to have kids that don't, your kids grew up talking about being a Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> not in a game. No. Uh, your, your kid grows up wanting to be Spider-Man or Superman. Yeah. I see your kids do that. Yeah. Uh, what, do, what do you think is going to be different for them? Oh, man. The, the, the amount of our opportunities and, and everything they they will just the opportunity alone for me to be able to what I would be able to teach them and give them not just physically but spiritually and, and yeah. that support that mentorship and not have the barriers or obstacles or challenges that I had as a kid or yeah. my father for example uh, can they go to do they go to church with you without fear of getting shot absolutely, absolutely. they can go to church. They uh, they know their their weekdays because of Wednesday night service. And yeah, they Sunday, know Sunday morning. They keep you, know. you reminded. You know, it's time yeah. to go. 
Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. At, I'm, and, I'm, and so, I'm going to snitch on Marco. He, uh, Jesse, my middle one, he loves church more than Marco. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The miracles, your miracles, the miracle multiplication is continuing to happen through your family, being raised in a total different way. And, oh, and you're a miracle in our life. It really changed so many lives. Uh, we're going to be back in the finale, not just the finale of the Heron House of Hope, the amazing Heron House of Hope, but this is the finale of season two. We're going to be back for season two finale, part three of the amazing Heron House Up story, the backstory on the Heron House Up. We're going to tell you a little bit of how he got started and kind of get you into today. And we're going to be back to talk to you that at onthedoc.org. Find out more. You can ask questions at onthedoc.org. We will be glad to tell you how to get in contact with uh, John and get more information. Go to heronhousehope.org to do that as well. Uh, John, it's been so good to have you uh, here. Uh, Mother Beth great work today lucas just just amazing don't you think yeah yeah lucas has been a part of so many of these family fun days mm -hmm. uh doing the productions for that oh, yeah. and just has helped raise there's so many people that make this happen so but at the source of this when we walk through that door uh, whoever's greeting that smile reflects a smile that's on your heart so mm -hmm. i really appreciate that you guys join us at youtube spotify itunes google play facebook roku rumble sermonette put this out if you'll share this with other people maybe other people will help be a part of this miracle and we'll make this miracle go farther help it go viral share the story it's a great story go watch part one part two and be back for part three subscribe hit like notify we'd love to have you as a patreon we'd love to highlight your ministry your business your christian organization just reach out to us Four ways to partner, three ways to sponsor. And we'd always love to have you come and be a part of John's church and here at Community Faith Church. He attends here with his family. And uh, Marco would love to have you. And uh, <laughs> all of them. We, we got to get him wanting to like church as much as his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10 o'clock on, on Sunday, 6.30 on Wednesdays. COFTV.com is our online website. You can check it out. Wherever you are, you need to get in a Bible-believing church. And I want to thank the Gideons out there for the work they do. If you've been a Gideon out yeah. there, you have blessed so many people. And... Um, I know the rewards are there, so check that out. We'll be back soon with part three. I'm with Mother Beth. Thank you, Mother Beth. Thank you, Lucas. And thank you, John. We'll be back soon. I'm Pastor Troy. And you've been on the dock. Get this out there. Share it with others.